This is your Act One Beginners Call. Act One Beginners. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode six of Act One Begin Act Act One Act. Beginners Call. And I, we kind of like this new approach we're taking of just chatting and having a good old chin wag about theatre. Basically, yeah. I've not planned shit. I've just had um, a women's circle where we've been sharing angry stories. So I'm just mm. angry. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when aren't you, Gigi? That's very true. A lot riles me up. A lot has riled me up. Let me tell you. See, that. I'm very much more the cooling f- factor. You're the kind of heat and I'm the cooling. And you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment. Do you know what really has made me angry, Olivia? The okay, fact what? we booked Back to the Future tickets for the 11th of August. Yeah. And it was announced two days ago that they were mm. they, they were putting it their opening night to the 20th. I don't even know why. I didn't actually see a reason apart. I just assumed general COVID reasons but i it's riled me up i don't know when it actually opened when it was started when it originally was meant to be starting because yeah it's not that big i I think it was july or june because Uh, i remember we were talking about you know fitting in with when i leave london when you leave exeter and it was all we'd worked it out so specifically and so well i mean it's just probably a good thing that we didn't book a second show on that day because then that would have been even more to deal with. But Because we were looking at Cinderella, and I don't know everyone's feelings about Cinderella, but the mo- I'm actually going to see it. Oh, are you? Um, oh. With a, a friend who wanted to see it. And mm. and I was like, you know what? He's paying for it. Mm. I may as well go then. Might as That's- well go. I mean, I kind of, I'm, I'm under the impression that once things open back up again... I, I should start seeing things even if they don't interest me. I just need to start sucking it up and going, yeah, sure, local yeah. things, Lon- things in London, just yeah. going Off to see sense, more and experiencing fringe. more theatre and, like, trying to support more local theatres. Definitely. Everyone's, everyone's leaving the big conglomerate supermarkets and going for independent shops. I think there'll be a yeah. big move to try and boost local theatres. Like, there are so many incredible theatres in London, like, not just the Vaudeville and Her Majesty's mm. and Icar... Oh, Delphi, you know, those ones. <laughs> it sounded like you are about to say the Icarly, and I was like, yes. <laughs> my favourite theatre. <laughs> oh, my... No, let me tell... You know Jeanette McCurley's quit acting? I, who is Jeanette McCurley? The one that's not Carly. <laughs> you say that like I've ever watched Icarly. <laughs> I have only ever watched the first ten minutes of the first episode. What? It's iconic. She okay. I someone that people are going to be annoyed at this. Um, what's what's her name? She was with. Oh, she was in the show with Ariana Grande. Sam and Cat, the blonde one. That one. Sam. She was Sam, Sam. in iCarly. She quit acting. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, but anyway, m- my tangent has you know came from a place. Yeah, I basically saying there are so many places, even just in London, like the Arcola Theatre, the Bush Theatre, and those like the bigger venues, which are fringe or off West End. The King's Head Theatre do an incredible mm. season. A lot of queer shows there. A lot of women's led theatre all around. 
Just also seeing more plays for me. That's one thing that I... Yeah. I know, plays are harder for me to actually think, yeah, I want to see that. Because like, with a musical, I can be like, yeah, that sounds like that could be interesting. Whereas with a play, I'm like, two and a half hours of you talking at me? Oh. Wow. And like, plays are good. I like a good play, but... We should go and see the rest of the play that goes wrong stuff. Like, yeah, Grown Ups. Yeah. Um, like, I so wanted to see Grown Ups. Like, Mr. We definitely Movie need to Night. do one, yeah, Mr. Movie Night in, in person. person. Because we, we've seen a few of the live streams. When When is that Romeo and Juliet thing we signed up for? Is that next weekend? Tomorrow. April? Is it tomorrow? <laughs> It's tomorrow. That's okay. what I I'm was glad. doing. I was thinking, I've got something on at the weekend. No, so this, um, this is the Art Royal Shakespeare Company doing uh, a production of called The Dream, which is a 50 minute abridged version of A Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's interactive using video game technology. So we have bought like 10 pound interactive tickets. That's another email I'm going to have to go find in my inbox. Yeah. Glad we talked about this. I forgot as well. Yeah. <laughs> And you are a firefly. Yeah. And it's at 8pm. Okay, so we're seeing that. I'm I'm intrigued to see how this goes because... We'll have to mention this next week because this is going to be really intriguing. That's really exciting. Like, there's so many weird, wonderful things happening. Like, there's not just the online plays and the TikTok musicals that's coming out of COVID. Like, I mean, what's... What do you think's come out of theatre? during this whole time that you've gone, oh, wasn't expecting that. I definitely think a willingness to explore and to try something new. Um, I don't know, maybe the opportunity to expand how theatre is consumed because Mm. even before this happened, people would kind of talk in the kind of Facebook groups that Gigi and I are a part of. Mm -hmm. People would talk about how they would book a week to come down to London and see every show possible because they live up in Scotland and that's the only time they can really do it. And we are very lucky to have good train links to London yes. where we are. Yeah. And that's, it's again a argument for why regional touring productions should be better. But at the same time, it also is a, it's kind of maybe opened up theatre to more people who haven't been able to go because yeah. of distance and stuff. Get to yeah. maybe try things, watch things that they wouldn't have normally watched. Definitely. I can tell you for a certain, I never would have watched the original production of Cats. So <laughs> I now have. Yeah. And that was, you know, we don't have to watch it again, but we've watched it. We can no. Know we've watched it. Or it's like, yeah, I, I can now say that I'm not a fan of Phantom of the Opera. We wouldn't have known um, that, would we? I would ne- I would have guessed it, but I wouldn't have known it for sure. We could have paid 50 quid to see it and hated it. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's... Yeah. It's definitely opened it up wider. Coming from a an acting perspective, what I'm definitely seeing is more... like A mass, a, a mass exodus out of London. Mm. There's a much less like people living in the outskirts. Or Manchester's now a huge place. Not, yeah. Like, the war, I think the Watermill or the Hope Mill theatres in Manchester. The Royal Exchange do incredible stuff. Um, yeah, didn't um, didn't Back to the Future originate in Manchester? Yeah, That's where it originally Theatre Royal, so. Theatre Royal is a lovely theatre. I think it's about time that London loses its monopoly. Like, I, much as I love the West yeah. End, it does need to kind of branch yeah, out. Because there's definitely a... So, you're 
trajectory as an actor coming out of like graduating drama school is your aim is to get a job at the national or in the west end or off west end if you really have to in a tour or at the rsc that's your five options or certainly the ones that have been fed to me thing is you can be in in some credible fringe work that is that does really important stuff so like i watched a piece um as part of my course called and the rest of me floats which was at mm. the Bush Theatre, and it was entirely trans, non-binary... Oh, okay, yeah. ...characters. And, yes, you could say it was a lot of, this is my story, this is my story, this is my story, my story, my story, my story, so you couldn't take everything mm. in. But isn't that the theatre we need, because we're not getting yeah. any stories? And I, I'd never have prob- gone to see that, I don't think. It's definitely changing. I like quite mystical, magical plays, so like that's why I go to Shakespeare... Which is quite hilarious with the histories, but you know that's another topic for another day. But I like being wowed mm. in a way, which is definitely a mind. I've had a mindset shift. I like a lot of naturalistic two-person stuff now, which is quite hilarious. But like that's a show I never, I would never have seen without. I was gonna say I probably agree with you on the uh, your original viewing plays. I kind of want a play. I, as much as I do love a bit of drama and a bit of intense kind of stalking around a stage and saying long monologues are very intense i also do just quite like a bit of a twist on things and like so that's why i loved the wild ducks i went into it going yes, god it's just yeah. gonna be people talking at me and then did we talk about that the wild version... Duck in series one yeah we did just, if we uh yeah. just give some context okay okay so the wild duck we saw god like two years ago now two three years ago yeah. now um, it was one of the few plays we've seen together. It was at the Amida Theatre, and I don't know who... It's that really famous playwright that reworked it, but I can't uh, remember it his It was Henry name. Gibson, originally. Yeah. But I cannot remember... Simon Stevens? No! It was. Isn't it that guy who does all those plays about family members who, it, like, it always is kind Florian of the same Zeller. play? Yes. Was it not him, or was it... I don't know. I'm feeling he, like someone like that had reworked it because it was very different to what I gather the original play was like. But it was very... I don't know what the style... Because like, I don't know dramaturgy words and all that jazz, but it basically was a normal Robert play. Robert Icke. Robert Icke. I knew it was a name that I kind of recognised. Um, but they, it was kind of like the normal play, but it also would just break you out of it and deconstruct it and then mm. reconstruct it and it was very i just really liked it it was really because yeah. i mean first... it lost me many times yeah. but... but in a good way in a good it, way it started off having a completely bare stage and then as you got yeah. through the story more and more set was added mm. so they had a, they used a leather handbag as the duck and then they had a real duck mm. what a play that was yeah but even that had the kind of wow factor at the end well that that's what i'm saying like that kind of even that like it doesn't even have to be mystical in and of itself like the content but that reveals um towards the end you hear about their loft and their attic area and then as this set's being built around you it then finally lifts up and you get this you we just got this um view of uh up area like because originally the stage was just open top yeah and then it came down and it really and it revealed a whole kind of like flooring of christmas trees with lights in it and that mm. reveal was just because you, you the tension was, was racking up then and that yeah. was incredible just to see it so 
uh, yeah, but I mean that's kind of why um, shows. It's that tough one because it's like with any job as you're a graduate, you're told or you're kind of expected or you feel like you're expected to go for the best job, the best one. Mm. Like, why aren't you pushing yourself? Because that's what we expect yeah. of you. That's what you've you've done this work for. So, But at the same time, there's a reason why off West End, off-Broadway exists. Things exactly. like Heather's and be more chill and all those musicals would never have had their life without off off Broadway and when be more chill actually transferred to Broadway a lot of people said no actually the same with Percy Jackson the lightning thief they went actually it works better off Broadway because it's a more experimental space for musicals they're allowed to be a bit quirkier and a bit more and it's the same with and even off off Broadway and off off West End when you get into the really small places, you're allowed to experiment more and yeah. be a bit weirder. And those Definitely. spaces need to exist. It's yeah, like six. Yeah. Six never was intended to be the level it was today. Those girls women I should say, actually. Those women who got involved in the first few years probably were thinking, What are we doing? Just kind of yeah. going along with this. And then it just snowballed so but i do hope places like manchester maybe birmingham kind of they their theater sheffield i know the sheffield crucibles kind of got following yeah but also not just within england but like scotland wales Mm. i i have two welsh friends who i hope will be listening um and the main place for theater really is cardiff yeah it's where royal welsh is of course, you've got regional stuff, maybe in Everest with those kinds of places, but the funding, you know, the central government funding doesn't go as much to Wales. Northern Ireland, certainly not. Really not. Like, one of the, the, one of the only theatres I can name off the top of my head is in the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. I, I don't know any theatres in Ireland, so... I know there's one in Derry, but it's very small. Like, there's just not enough funding. And even at the drama schools, like... The one you applied to in Scotland is the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. In Wales, the Royal Welsh. And in Ireland, in Dublin, there's the Lyra Academy. And I can't for the life of me think about Northern Ireland. But then England, Manchester Royal, uh, School of Theatre, Central, Bruford, Lambda, Rada, Guildhall, East Midlands, yeah. Bird, Reed. And also, if you look at where they're based, it's all, it's Manchester, London. Yeah. I just think if you're going to expand an industry you need to expand where that industry reaches. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about this in our previous episode with Hannah. Hannah. Yeah, Hannah. Hannah. About, because I was talking about touring theatres and touring companies doing smaller size tours because, like, you go, oh, great, Heather's is touring, like, brilliant, sells out, and you look at where it's going and it... <laughs> my two areas of the country Devon and Cambridgeshire Mm. they're nowhere near either of those we have quite a big theatre on campus here Northcott it's like a pretty it's a a pretty good size it's the biggest theatre in Devon the only place and yet it doesn't get it barely gets any tours it got Amelie and I was shocked it got Amelie and but it's like a 400-seater theatre. Like but Amelie good, started it's off nice in Bristol. Theater. And because yeah. Exeter's mm. southwest, they probably went that yeah. way. But, sorry, yeah, Bristol's the other place. There's a really incredible theatre scene. 
but you know for us in Cambridge sometimes like the play that goes wrong toward to Cambridge but otherwise Six went to uh, Theatre Royal in Norwich but like Six is nothing there's no set it can mm. go everywhere. I exactly. uh, this is what I'm saying. Like, and it will make money. Six is now so. My mum wants to go see six because I mean, partly she's heard six. us to talk about it, but because mm. it's kind of now in the zeitgeist of musical theatre knowledge. Yeah, and I'm just like, you could easily do a tour of all the kind of small theatres. You just put six women on a stage and let them sing and have a good time. And six is so easy, like, financially to tour because I know when the Adams family toured, they had to house, I think it's 40 cast? Mm. Maybe slightly less. But you've got all those cast members, the crew, you've got to finance them touring. It's six women, the band and the crew. So ten people on stage. It's so easy. And it... I mean, they do it in the Arts Theatre in London, which is already a tiny theatre. Most regional theatres mm. actually are probably have a slightly bigger stage, almost. Yeah. But and Actually, another great place that's on the rise is Leeds. Leeds Playhouse mm-hmm. is really good. I like West Yorkshire Playhouse. Kind of, there are places coming up in the north because I think if COVID's shown us everything, if it's shown us anything, it's that the north is so much, apart from Manchester, maybe Birmingham there's such a disadvantage there because not all the northerners have got to come down to London places like that and that's such a huge move to do but also if I mention Royal Conservatoire of Scotland if you are Scottish and you are applying to RCS there are only four funded places by the Scottish government because they want money yeah so you're more likely as a Scottish student to get into RADA against 8,000 people than to get wow. into Royal Conservative Scotland where your places are limited to those four. It's just a very weird monopoly of these are people's lives, you know? And it's, as we spoke about last week, it's such a trying thing to apply for one drama school. Like it's, It takes so much out of you. And like hearing from people who've had to audition this year during an entire mm. season of online auditions, it's so grueling because if your Wi-Fi cuts out, you're screwed. Yeah. If your microphone cuts out or there's something wrong, you're screwed. If uh, uh, someone's baby sister came into their dance thing oh, on like one of those, you know, those circular wheelie things. Yeah, that they, that they walk around. in, yeah. Yeah, she kicked the baby oh, in the head because she was doing oh, a dance gosh. audition for Erdang. Yeah. Erdang, for their dance audition, asked you to do a literal ballet exam. They've got all those bar exercises, Grand Allegro, Adage, Petit Allegro, this, that, and the other, and then they barely do, do that jazz, ballet four studio. jazz exercises, and then attack. Oh my routine. god! And like, if you're someone who does not have the space or the resources yeah. for all of that, like, because hmm. at least, at least, even if you're paying for the audition before COVID, you were getting the same area when you got there as everyone else, yeah. and like that's kind of thing. Because in your in your auditions. Normally, it was only if you're just having an off day you have to worry about. It's, yeah. oh, it's it's me that I only have to worry about. Now it's 101 things plus yourself. So yeah. no wonder it's even... I mean, I've been doing self-tapes, which are the, uh, like for films and for plays, actually, for a festival of plays we're doing at Bruford. And it's so grueling because you don't have anyone else to help you. I don't live with anyone that can read in for me. No, and there's so many things I filmed, and I, I filmed this monologue five times, and I couldn't decide mm. which version was best. I couldn't. 
Like, I think like I think that's another thing. I found this in our society auditions, where that people or even once people had auditioned and were in the show, when mm. we were doing online rehearsals, it would be that sort of thing of here's the dance you need to learn, send us a video of you yeah. doing it so that we can see you know it and if we can then help you, and it would actually create more work for people because obviously students put it off until the last moment. Go shit! I've got to do it tonight. Then yeah. they spend, like, a few hours learning it, practising it, and then they spend a few hours taping it over and over again. When we told them, we kept saying, it isn't expected to be perfect. We just need yeah. to show, see that you are doing it and that mm. if there are, are any issues that you really can't deal on your own, we can find them and help yeah. you. But we were finding that loads of our cast members were just re-recording and re-recording and re-recording, trying to find their perfect take. And we were like, this is a rehearsal. Yeah, no, exactly. you don't do it perfectly in rehearsal, especially this early on in the process. So that's I think that created quite a lot of un, um, undue stress. It's also really hard because I think there's now going to be a huge shift away from a lot of shows that are kind of staples in the canon. Definitely, mm. I think society... Well, you don't you have a GNS society or you did at Exeter? <laughs> we have. Whether they, whether they can... Whether they continue is a different matter. I'm they so been... sorry to anyone in the GNS society, but you're screwed. I'm sorry. It's they, there's no one who really cares for it. Like no, like Pirates of Penzance, maybe. Other than that, I mean, they're GNS, but they also do theatre from around that period. Oh, but who so, can stand that? Can, but no honest. one likes and like. Let's be real. No one's kind of going. Oh yeah, let's go see a bit of the Mikado or whatever like it's which is problematic <laughs> I mean if we're talking about stuff from that era there was a I think it's an operetta called Desert Song an operetta was the precursor to the the uh, modern musical Olivia that's why I'm bringing it up and our lecturer was showing us a video saying look I'm showing this to you because it's important to show you the music and the style of music at the time mm. just ignore the fact that a bunch of white actors are in brown face and wearing turbans it's this it's similar with what's been popping up on our facebook feeds recently is that there's kind of been a shift almost towards and i think you mentioned this previously but smaller things like song Mm. cycles and more out there production so there was treason which hannah mentioned that's coming out soon and it's had some Mm. performances uh i keep seeing song cycles pop up Fugitive, I think I've mentioned before. Venera, Venera, which is like, it's been in in production for years and now that's finally kind of actually being greenlit. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, it's, while we've kind of accepted that as much as we do like the big brash musicals, it's also given Mm. a chance for the smaller stuff to kind of go, hey, well, until then, here's a cast recording we've done. Do you want to listen yeah. to it? And, and people just go, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, Fiverr as well mm. as this nice small cast that's on Spotify at the moment. I'm like, that's yeah. like little. That's my recommendation of today. It's Fiverr. If I've not recommended it previously, I was gonna say I, I've been meaning to get around to listening to it, but I haven't. So I'm gonna add it right now I'm to my playlist. It, it's also because if okay in COVID you don't want to be working with huge amounts of people because over Zoom that's just too chaotic. So, of course, smaller shows are going to get produced. So I think we're going to have uh, this insurgence of small work. 
that cannot be done in a big theatre. So I think it will go hand in hand with the like boosting economically these smaller theatres who are going to be hit worse. And I've got oh I've got a list somewhere of like the an amazing list of small theatres. Okay, the King's Head Theatre, Above the Stag, Soho Theatre, Arcola Theatre, The Glory, which is a queer bar, but they, it's a pub theatre, The Yard, The Bush Theatre, and the Camden People's Theatre. Uh, theatre, Stratford East is another great one. That's um, Joan Littlewood. So it's a lot of socialist stuff going on there, if that's your okay. thing. All right, well, there you go. Also, just... I know because I would have turned my nose up to it before I went to uni. Yeah. Go see a student production. Oh, do Universities, universities try their hardest. Students Drama try their, put their well. whole souls into their productions. If it's on, the t- it's going to probably be quite cheap. It is. In terms of tickets. And actually, pretty good bang for your buck for a few hours of entertainment. Unless you're going to America. Never see an American student production if you can help it. <laughs> Genuinely, no, no. I stop. I I froze my application or my idea of applying to the new school in Manhattan for okay. my semester abroad. Once I watched one of their productions, and genuinely, I okay. When I was in the Sound of Music when I was six, I'd have done a better job. Do you know? From online, me watching or coming across. American versions of musicals online, they are either very good, but they're few and far between, or they are very bad. And it's what's more impressive is the set pieces that come along with oh, it, because yes. no matter how good or how bad they are, the sets are amazing. They just have. I'm like, I'm sorry. Where did you get this freaking moving building from? How did you get that? Like. <laughs> And it's, this is a high school. Like some high schools have, I saw. I think I started watching by accident a high school version of um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, and that that's that's it's a great show. The school actually did pretty well in it. Mm. But, but that's not an easy like setup, and they had like the proper similar to the off Broadway set, oh. and I was like, Oh my lord! I was like, What? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like when I was, um, last year I was talking to uh, one of the guys I, he was in my position last year in Footlights um, and he kind of is interested in stage management and stuff and we were talking and I, we were talking about the Prince of Egypt actually and I was like, well, you know, water and making the Red Sea part, it's going to be hard no matter how you try and do yeah, it. And then he was like, well, opinion. there is a way to do it and he pulled up YouTube and I mean... It scares me. I'm going to say this. It scares me, but then again, kind of fundamentalist Christian people scare me. Um, But there is a theatre company in America called Sight and Sound. I recommend just looking up the trailers for their shows because, oh my God, I cannot express to you how intense the backstage and production of those shows look. They have about like they do it all on biblical stories they've done like jesus they've done noah's ark they've done all these things they've done like uh moses and stuff Mm. they tend to always use live animals of all kinds camels pigs goats ducks birds they have children they have everything and if you just watch they're like (laughs) bang them in they have children (laughs) but they have these 
they have these set pieces. They make people walk on water on stage. And you're just watching them change set pieces backstage. And it's this massive theatre. I've never seen a bigger theatre, a wider stage. And I'm just out there going, these freaking Christians, man. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do oh. it. But I recommend just looking up one of their trailers because you'll just sit okay. there going, how? Mm. How? I guess the Bible's pretty interesting. But oh you don't want to put this technology towards Mamma Mia or <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> Watching costume fails. Okay, actually, oh, the fails. worst thing that I was going to say, I love a good quick change. The worst thing that can ever happen to me on stage is getting caught somehow and like having a rip. Mm. But Vanessa Kirby was on um, Graham Norton. And she was saying mm. how when she did Streetcar Named Desire with Gillian Anderson at the National and she played Stella... Uh, they had a revolving stage, so they were. I think it was in the round, which is when the audience is sat in all the way around yeah. this kind of circle space, and they had yeah this revolving set which turned all the freaking time, and so she got off the stage. So she had the pregnancy bump, um, and she was carrying a cake, mm. and her shoe. She's wearing high heels. Got caught underneath the revolve. She fell over headfirst. Oh, I think God. into the cake. Oh no! And then none of the audience—the audience thought it was part of it, right? Oh, God. or something. So no one helped her. Yeah. No stagehands helped her. She called out for the stage manager in a British accent, saying the stage manager's mm. name. No one came running. The audience thought it was part of it, but must have been wondering who's who's so and so. What who's that? Yeah. <laughs> and then she eventually got it free, but it was so bruised and bleeding. But she just carried on. It's like when we we've watched like theatre fails before, and I'm like, no, I can't watch this. I can't. And another really bad one that I really I just repeat all the time is so funny is the West End version of Wicked, and they're in the Emerald City and they have to they wear these huge big I think they've got faces on them but it's like the Wizard of Oz and the Emerald City, and it's hoops you know like a petticoat you've got those yeah hoops or something or it looks like a hoop I think they're seams actually, and it was there was a huge rip. So it was just this guy running across the stage, carrying this thing. <laughs> and then a stagehand runs across the stage. And if you want, if you are no, if you know theatre, you know that you know, you don't do No. That. You go round the stage and you let the actor suffer. Yeah. You don't ruin the illusion. You know what I did sit through? Mm. And it did feel long, but it felt long in a good way, was Amadeus at the National Theatre when oh, that was streamed like over this. summer. That was a good one. And that was like three hours long. That was a freaking experience yeah. and a half. But that, I mean, partly Never. the acting was just phenomenal. And so was the music and the whole production was phenomenal. But it's yeah. the same with like when we Frankenstein was streamed. I just had to, I don't know, plays just, yeah. I need to, I think that's partly why I'm a bit more wary about plays because I know that my attention drops but quite quickly. But I think quickly. when you're in a the theatre, I think it'd be very different. It's just that when you're watching on a screen, you've got other things around you. Mm. But even in a theatre, I know that my attention will just... That's why with Red, I think Red doesn't help because it's two people just talking the entire time. But he would just be saying this long monologue about painting and symbolism. Oh, and I would be nodding and I then like tune in 10 minutes later going, wait, what just happened? Like, And then you'd look at me and go, I've what? got no clue. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I just kind of zone out quite quickly when mm. people keep talking. <laughs> So, so I, th- I think I think you'd enjoy like going to a 
an RSC like Shakespeare because they they short they often shorten their shows now. Mm. I saw a two hour Romeo and Juliet, and okay. it honestly did not even feel two hours. It was great. Mm. I saw this some nice dream I'm... was easy to watch though, wasn't it? We should try and yeah. I mean, it, that's what, partly I think why I like the bridge because it engages me because it, it it forces you. The bridge, like another it. great oh. off West End theatre. They're not West End. Just going back to regional theatre, if we're looking at the US, um, which is a much larger country, as I'm sure everyone you know knows, mm. I hope I'm not insulting intelligence there. <laughs> the places you'll get, you know, if, you, if you're graduating the US system, you want a tour, you want Broadway or, or a New York show, Chicago, Washington, D.C. Maybe L.A., that's, that's starting to become more... But I have to say, like, if if I booked a show in Kentucky, yeah, I would not bother. I, I wasn't to... aware how many tours there were of Hamilton going on. Oh, jeez! I didn't realize. I didn't realize well, there were like four separate ones. I was like, just no, in they're, America. No, they're on like, f- yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Do, is... Are they all same scale? Are they different scaled? Are they I covering different north, parts south, of the? East and west, or... I mean, it makes sense. You cover certain regions, so you go to more places within that that region. Mm. But they just kept on bringing people up on this video clip I was watching. I was like, person, person from the and Peggy tour because they do it, yes. they name it that way. And then it, they did the Philip tour, and I was like, well, we're on Philip now. Wow, they wow. really are. Are we going to be on this. like George Seacole in like a year? Well, yeah, and I think there was like a Mariah, um, Mariah one, and I was like, okay, you have a lot of tours going on right now. I've got a slight issue with that because I just think the Hamilton hype is going to be gone within a year, and people, everyone's going to have seen it, everyone's going to know it, and they just won't be bothered anymore. You say that. Lame is still sold out. Les Mis was sold out true. last year. Me, me and my family went basically a year ago to see it. Oh, yeah. Saturday matinee. Sold, sold out about two weeks before a national lockdown went into play. So, yeah. I don't know. I think Hamilton will be. I think they're milking the touring aspect for I now. I think they're just yeah. oversaturating it, which is fine mm. because they're monopolising on it, clearly. But at the same time, people may go, well, they're not oversaturizing it because it, they're going to parts of the country that will never That's otherwise true. get theatre and people can't travel to New York. So. What's your favourite musical film? Ooh. I've um, got three. Okay. West Side Story, mm. On the Town, um, Runner Up is Calamity Jane. Oh, I love Calamity. I haven't watched Calamity Jane in ages. I was on at Christmas. And then Kit Runner Up also Kiss Me Kate. That's I another one I've watched. Chicago and Cabaret. Chicago? Like, Chicago, I actually do like. I a bit of a basic bitch option, but Singing in the Rain, that's a... Oh. I think one as almost as close as I can get to a comfort film. I don't really do comfort films, but that's a... That's no, a pretty definitely. good one for me. Um... Well, I think you'd like On the Town then, because On the Town's young Frank Sinatra, young Gene Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Town's three sailors who dock off at New York and they sing New York, New okay. York. Uh, New York, New York. I've got a box set at home that we've had for years, which is like 10 classic movie musicals. So it's got 
an American in Paris, Annie Get Your Gun, Calamity Jane, Singing in the Rain, Wizard of Oz, um, Meet Me in St. Louis, Seven Brides for Seven, seven Brothers. brothers. Oh. Very not kosher by today's standards, but a cracking no, film but... nevertheless. If you can look a... over kidnapping can... some brides, yeah, but I think, it's an I enjoyable think... time. I think something we've got to do with these old shows is go look this is this is there's a huge discussion we should should have around this let's mm. have that let's watch it and put it in context exactly i know when i'm watching annie get your gun that ho 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 i know what i'm watching is basically the greatest showman of the american midwest yeah like i know that i can still enjoy the film and anything you can do i think I as long as you know. kind of yeah you get told that or you but yeah I kind of like when it comes to King and I, that's like a bit of a rogue one. Probably not a favourite, but. Yeah. The King and I, mean, I, I like like the first 45 minutes and then it kind oh, of petters out a bit and you're like, oh, okay, I'm done. With Rogers and Harris, that. Oh my god, Hammerstein. Hammerstein. I have a really weird relationship with their shows because I appreciate them. I love the sound of music. Mm. South Pacific, I can vibe too. Mm hmm. King and I has got some banging tunes, but at the end of the day, I don't really gain much from them. Like I saw Kelly O'Hara, yeah. and I want to say Ken Wattenby. Yeah, and that I never saw that, but that got cracking reviews. That, that was a really stunning I. production. I really enjoyed that. And I mean, I, that's the first time I, watched... I probably appreciated King and I. Yeah. I think I sat and I did. I sewed my point shoes. Uh, to the king and i one time and i did both pairs within the span of the film it's a long film it is i thing is i watched the king and i quite a bit when i was younger mm. and i have this high like before i watched it re in recent years i had this highly mem like i really remembered the bit where they do the play within the play and the play is yes. basically i think madame butterfly mm. and in my head as a young kid that was amazing it was like it's yeah. beautiful to watch when I watched a few years ago, like, this is still beautiful to watch, but ho oh, oh, ho, do I feel uncomfortable watching mm. it right now? <laughs> it, the King yeah. and I, unfortunately, unlike the sound of music where you can go, haha, Nazi's bad, the King yeah. and I are just going, hmm, -hmm cultural appropriation, we love it. <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to convert a film into a musical. Yeah, any film. What, do you have one that kind of sticks out? I don't. Let me think for myself. But The Exorcist would be quite funny. Oh, I, the thing is, I don't really have a favourite film. Like my favourite film. Me neither. Films. I find it really hard. Mm. Like, What's your favourite film? And everyone goes like. Or like know. the films I enjoy the most can't really be translated into mm. musicals. Or well, I'd be impressed to see the Grand Budapest Hotel be transferred into a musical. <laughs> Or Knives Out. Uh, that'd be an interesting one. I really enjoyed David Copperfield, actually. I'd love another mm. book adaptation, actually. Like a... like a Yeah. Not necessarily Charles Dickens, but that vibe. Charles Dickens and his contemporaries. See, I think for me, it's less... I'm not even answering my question now. This is how bad <laughs> I am at this. Um, it's not even films for me now. It's different genres of music that are being incorporated mm. into it. Because yeah. I, I don't know, I would just quite like more folky musicals like Come From Away and Bright Star yes. and um, Violet. Just yeah. like give me a bit more of that like blues Americana mm. sound. I'd quite vibe that. 
that's why I like Islander so much. It, I just it's love that folk sound. And I think musicals really work in folk's favour for Definitely. some stories. So that, that might be a way to revitalise the genre. Because we have the Ely Folk Festival near where we live. Mm. And it's a huge event. I'm shocked at how big it, it is. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, we're shocked at how big it is because it's not necessarily like a big thing. Like I'd yeah. love to learn the Bodron and the Ulian pipes. Mm. I think that's how you say it. I it's know. like um that guy from TikTok who just got a number one in the UK for his um Wellerman oh, cover. Yeah. Um I do like a good I don't listen to it enough. A hurdy gurdy. Love me a good hurdy gurdy. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't, who needs one when you have you, Gigi? Does <laughs> <laughs> me on stage with you over my lap going like this to you? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as you can't see the, the, the video at Link, <laughs> Olivia was oh. basically rubbing my arse. If you know how a hurdy-gurdy is played, it's how it is played. Because you have a like a crank on the end and you crank it <laughs> in the that. circles. <laughs> However, when I was talking about having Chichi over my lap, it's not a good look. <laughs> oh my word. Yep. Oh well. That's why you I know, don't speak I'd... in public. <laughs> I'd love to hear, like... I'd love like a song cycle. I think of a set at a late night jazz bar. It's all very sleazy and it's like a bit Bugsy Malone, but a bit more depressing. Mm. That's my one thing with um, Ghost Quartet. Mm. Is it just? It's one of those things where it's quite tough to watch because there's nothing going on. Yeah, and when they're quite long, as no plot. Dave Malloy likes to do, go on a bit. Mm. great brilliant work beautiful music you're gonna have to give me something more than you just standing there singing i do need a bit of jazz or like islander's quite a short piece from what i gather Mm. and i think because it was that kind of like loop pedal so you're watching them build it together yeah but for the ghost quartet clip that dave malloy put on youtube it was kind of just the four musicians That's kind of the in four different places. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I do like a good song cycle, but I feel like you could elevate it slightly. Definitely. I mean, something I'm working on is a song cycle, but we'd want to do it as a theatre piece. Mm. And that's where these things need to go now. As everything's opening yeah. up again, is going, right, how can I translate this onto stage so it's a lot more interesting than it is? Because like a lot of a lot of shows will say I can't listen to it, but if I saw it, I'd probably enjoy it. Billy yeah. Elliot, I had that with. I think you had. Oh, really? Did you have that, did you have that as well with Billy Elliot? No, what am I think. Well, if I oh no, I love listening to Billy Elliot. Um, I, what I it was had. With you. Oh, what was it? Um, I had that in, with Lamez until the most recent. Oh, Darren Hanson, that's yeah. it. I just don't really get care for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Darren Hanson, yeah. I think that's a nice place to end on. Oh, do we yeah. want to do a shuffle? Well, oh, yes, we can't forget our shuffle. Oh, we cannot forget it. Cannot forget all. the shuffle. I mean, Olivia, do you have any recommendations? That's Taylor Swift. Oh, we do. <laughs> Wrong playlist. 
Do you have any... Because I've recommended Fiverr as a show for people to listen to. Do you have any recommendations? I haven't really listened to anything new musical-wise. Um, I'm just... Let me scroll down to the bottom of my playlist to see if there's anything. No, I mean, I guess I could, like, recommend Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief if I Go haven't already. So I, I, yeah, if you love the book and you hate the film, this is, like, a good middle ground. It's more towards the bookend of The Good Spectrum. Uh, it's just a pretty, pretty fun... I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking, but there are some bops amongst mm. it, so... Kind of give it a give it a give it a listen, yeah. Oh, I have got my musical shuffle of the week. It is by my side from Godspell. Oh, okay. I don't know the show massively well, other than that it's not really yeah. done anymore. No, but it's a really nice song. Um, bit guitar, bit acoustic. Bit of if you want some chill time. There's some not all of Godspell's kind of rocky. Yeah, so that's my recommendation for y'all. 36 questions, have I? No, okay, so it's um one thing from 36 questions, which mm-hmm. is a musical podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think I've mentioned it before um, on here. Really? I definitely yeah. mentioned it to Gigi. It's got Jonathan Groff and Jesse Shelton, and it's a three-part, well, I say three-part, the album's in three parts for some mm. reason. Um, so the podcast may be in three episodes, mm-hmm. but it's basically a podcast. So you just listen to it and it's got music included. So it's like listening to an actual musical, but with the dialogue. And it's basically as if it's been recorded on a phone's voice notes. So that's how mm-hmm. the kind of, how it, why it works. I found it in my gap here. Really like it. Very kind of chilled. Um, yeah. One thing, which is the song is one of my favourite songs from it. And it's just Jonathan Groff having a mild breakdown Lovely. in his house. Mm. Which is great. But it's it's basically about um, two people trying who are married and have had a big secret come out. And in the last ditch attempt to save their marriage, they do the 36 questions to make you fall in love, which is what they did <gasps> really on one tricky. of their first dates. And it's like they, it's an attempt to try and like salvage what is left of their relationship. And you basically follow them through an evening while they're trying to like navigate their relationship as well as what they know about each other in the past, as well as learning new things. It's really good, Mm. really nice, pretty good song. So I'll be in there. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode six. We are well on a roll with our second season now. And you can support us on Instagram at at one beginners cool. We've also got the playlist that Olivia has been creating. You can find it under her name, Olivia Siegler. I mean, you can't it's find still it anywhere It'll else. Be, I was going to say, it should still be linked on our bio. If yeah. not, we will link it. Totally. Go and have an explore. Broaden mm. your musical horizons. You've got the time. Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a wide variety yeah. on there. Your downtime is running out. This roadmap seems to be happening relatively, you know, (laughs) as planned. You've only got a few months to discover something new, so go for it. Mm. So, thank you very much. I have been Gigi. And I have been Olivia. Good night.